Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Possible, 
who have helped make it possible for you to do what you're doing right now. I'm going to go down our list of folks here on uh, Marian Live who helped make it possible for us to do what we do uh, for the last decade. Our honorary sponsor is the One World Children's Fund dot org. If you're online helping. Um, Envisioning a world where we act together as a global community to ensure all children have education, health care, and a safe home. Um, you can check them out online uh, because they're interested in helping unite people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty. And if that moves you, check them out. Be part of that movement. We are here at Marian Live on the national level, the National Action Organization, committed to changing the way our culture values each other. Uh, N-A-C-T-I-O-N.org if you're interested to find out more. They make programming like this possible. 100% of the proceeds goes to programming just like this. Always has, hopefully always will, uh, for 15 years that they've been around. And on the local level, the uh, Open Secret Bookstore in San Rafael, California, they've got the latest in meditation and revelation. And they carry beautiful books like Sherry Brown's book, The Seven Commandments. For happiness and prosperity, we love bookstores here on Marion Live. We love books. Oh, yeah, that's why you're tuning in, because you know we care about relationships here. Relationships. We are relational creatures, everybody. We need each other. We need relationship with ourselves. We need relationship with our community, with our partners. And here's one we often overlook. We need our relationship with the divine. That's right. Today, that's what we're going to be talking about with our guest, Sherry Brown. Uh, what is your relationship like with the divine these days? Well, Sherry Brown is here to talk with us about her new book who, that illustrates throughout her book the similarities of the three major world religions, uh, principles, and how the differences are outweighed by the core values that assimilate them. She's taken this incredible journey writing a book to bring people together no matter which religion you practice and show us what little difference there is between religions. So we're going to be talking about this today and uniting together uh, in, in terms of how there, there's a foundation between the religions and, and practice and the difference between religion and spirituality, and we'll get there this hour. Uh, Sherry is with us right now, and... She's going to be talking to us about her incredible journey, how she came here to the United States uh, to go to school. And, uh, boy, yeah, what a beautiful story. And she's going to be with us right now. Welcome to the program, Sherry Brown. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you. Of course, Sherry. Let's talk a little bit about your journey to the United States because you came here not to be a religious studies major. <laughs> you came here to study engineering. No, Let's talk I, about that. That's right. I left um, Iran in 1967, went to a Catholic school. Um, that was my first exposure to um, Christianity because I was, a, I was born a Shia Muslim in Iran. Not very religious, but however, I was exposed to um, what the religious scholars or religious leaders were talking about. I come to St. Michael's College, I had my exposure to Christianity. Then I married a Jewish man from New York, and that was my, um, how I learned about Judaism. Mm -hmm. When I went back to Iran after, my gra after I graduated from college and worked for a year and a half, uh, 
um, in Ralph Parsons. I went back to Iran, and the revolution happened in 19... I went back on 1975. I worked with huge aircraft on short projects, engineering for engineering, believe it or not, for tow and missile map... And Maverick missiles that Shah had contract. The project stopped before revolution. I saw the revolution being made, and it was Islamic revolution, and that was really an eye-opening event for me because of what happened during the Islamic revolution and the atrocity and and killing all these innocent people under the name of Islam, under the banner of Islam. So when I came back in 1983, I decided to study all the three scriptures for myself um, because I had heard so many contradictory stories from every one of these religious leaders. So 27 years ago, I started reading Torah and then New Testament and Quran, and I've never stopped. Every day, every day I read a chapter of each book. When I finish one book, cover to cover, I go to different publications and different or different translations because they were all translated just to see the differences and discrepancies, which I found a lot. And I came up with this seven commandments because I realized that what God really is telling us is, which has not changed in any of the scriptures, is the commandment. Ten commandments of Moses, the two commandments of Jesus, and the seven commandments of Muhammad. I, I added them together, got rid of the redundancies. For instance, all three of them say that you have to believe there is only one God. And it's seven. There are seven commandments that all three prophets are telling us. And I do believe that God manifests himself in three people and told us what he wants us to do. Each, relief, each one of these prophets came for that time because when... When Jesus came, he was a, he was Jewish, but all of the um, laws, uh, everything they were doing in Sinai Desert was really hard by that, that day's standard or for today's standard. So he he said basically that those things are really not important. If you eat pork, it's not going to make you sinful. If you do, so he summarized Moses. But then after he died, his simple message was lost the first 200 years because they wanted to flourish Christianity as if it's a different religion than, than Moses because Jesus was Jewish just like Moses. Muhammad comes after that, 570 years after Jesus died, and he calls his religion Islam because Islam is total submission to, to the higher power. And he says, this is, I, I'm not bringing a new religion. I am just completing what Moses and Jesus brought for you, the messages they brought for you. So he, that's why he's called the seal of the prophet, and that is why Quran is called the final testament, because it completes the religion. 
nothing, I realized nothing that this Islamic revolution and the uh, um, leaders of this revolution, uh, Islam, have been doing has anything to do with Quran. All of this death to America, America did not exist during Muhammad, or for the fact that during writing, when they wrote, he wrote the Quran, there was no America. There was no difference between the three messages. They made up most of it because they took advantage of our lack of knowledge about Islam. It's not fair for anyone to judge other religions unless they have read the book. Because every religion after this, prophets passed, uh, passed away, it was changed. People wrote these books. God didn't write them. Prophets didn't write them. People wrote them. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm going to jump in right there. If you're just joining us, Sherry Brown is in the house on Marian Live. We're talking about her new book, The Seven Commandments for Happiness and Prosperity. This is a really good point that uh, we often climb over, uh, that the prophets themselves did not write these voluminous works, that it was the people that came after that organized the religion based on the way they were inspired, oftentimes the disciples, supposedly, of, you know, the, the prophets themselves. Let's talk a little bit about this, because this is important, because people often take uh, the books literally as the word of God, but uh, we need to pause here for a minute, Sherry. Let, let's talk about this. Okay. When these books were written, there was the printing was not even invented then. So... Every time that they wanted to copy, they had to copy each other's handwriting. So if they couldn't read somebody's handwriting, they would improvise. About 300 years, 350 years ago, a Dr. Hill, a man named Dr. Hill, read, for 30 years he read all of the scriptures that were written by hand by hand. Because at that time when printing was invented, they wanted to, to make a printing, printable um, Bible or uh, Old Testament. So he read them all, and he came up with a printable version, which probably he improvised some. When I read different, different scriptures, I realize that purposefully or not purposefully, some of them are translated vague some things that are very important, for instance, one word that would change the whole subject, it's been left off or things have been taken out of context. Because I have read all of these for, for, for 27 years, I've read so many different um, Bibles and Qurans and publications, I have come to realize that Basically, what is important is the fact that they all give us the same message. Quran has written based upon Christianity and Islam because Muhammad was, was trading and because of his business, he was traveling to Syria and he, and he studied Christianity and he knew about Judaism. Muslims know about these two religions because Two-thirds of the Quran is about, um, about the Bible, but the other, the, but, um, but, it's, but Christians and Jewish people don't know about Islam because 
They refused to read Quran. Actually, I heard about a Catholic host told me that he, she, when she was being raised as Catholic, they told him her it's sinful to read uh, Quran. Mm-hmm. They tell Muslim it's sinful to read Torah. Mm-hmm. But because Quran talks too much about a lot about Christianity and Judaism, Muslims have a better opinion of Judaism and and Christianity. Mm-hmm. But these radicals that come, which I call them anti-Islamic murderers, they changed everything. What they do and what they practice and what I saw during the revolution has absolutely nothing to do with Muhammad and Quran. Nothing. I can't tell you one of these actions of these people that would be anything in Quran. Basically, anti, they're basically anti-Islamic, if anything. Yet, in the name of uh, Allah, they do these things. What do we make of that? Well, the same, the same way that in the name of Christianity, um, crusade, all these crusades happen, all these inquisitions happen. Um, 200 years after Christ died, they used to force feed. Um, pork to people and they didn't eat pork they would cut their body parts and fry them and fry it in front of their siblings well, Jesus never said you have to eat pork he said it's okay it's not going to make you sinful but then they were misunderstood they misunderstood it or they wanted to they're brutal these people sometimes I know that Islamic revolution when it happened I know all of these hangings and beheading people for no reason and some of them some of the generals of the show that I knew they were really righteous people they were helping people there was no reason for them to be killed like that other than the fact that they had money yes power and uh, you know uh, politics really politics Uh, everything has been politics if you separate politics from religion and God we realize that how different, that's why I, I wrote this book. Because everything else is basically branches of the tree. Yes. The commandment is the trunk of the tree. Okay, well, Sherry, let's talk a little bit about, we're going to go to break here in a minute, but let's talk a little bit about the, the first commandment that you found um, and in, in all three of the religions, you know, worshiping only one God. Let's enter this conversation, because I think it's really important, uh, talking about what you spell out in your book, that we were a polytheistic culture for many, many, you know, thousands of years, and still that's the case in different parts of the the world, um, but how we moved in these three religions from a polytheistic perspective to a monotheistic one. Let's talk about that, how and why you think that that happened. Well, Judaism was the one that did the revolution, the first revolution. Uh, Abraham was the first, well, if not Adam, Abraham was the first monotheistic person that believed. His father, however, had was a polytheist. There were 360 um, idols in Kaaba in Saudi Arabia at that time, and everybody used to make pilgrim to Kaaba every year um, until Abraham came and made the revolution and said there is only one God. There is only one God 
there's only one. Atheists say they don't believe in God. I, I, my, I personally believe that the name of God and religion and Christianity, Judaism, and all these titles have been so misused and misconstrued that they're afraid. The righteous people, they believe. I've talked to many atheists. They believe that there is one energy behind all this um, paradox and galaxies of but they do believe in that energy that's way above and beyond them. But they don't—they they don't have to call it God. That's the, the title. Have is what's scaring people to, mm-hmm. from religion. Islam. People don't even know that the word Islam is um, um, submission to the higher power. All right, we'll hold that thought. Sherry Brown is with us on Marian Live. We're going to be back right after these messages to talk more about this fascinating, important, very timely topic right here on Marian Live. Uh, her new book, The Seven Commandments for Happiness and Prosperity, is what we're talking about right here on Marian Live. Back in just a minute, everybody. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No No More More Love Love Life Life Drama Drama for us. Us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host, Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Welcome back to Marianne Live, everybody. We're so glad you're joining us today. An important conversation always, religion. Where do we get to talk about it? How can we do so openly? How can we find a forum where we can actually disagree about what we believe? How can we be curious without upsetting people we care about that hold conflicting thoughts? That's one end of the spectrum that we're talking with Sherry Brown about. She's written a book called The Seven Commandments for Happiness and Prosperity. The other end of the spectrum is the most abominable 
unconscionable, barbaristic behavior that can result from not agreeing upon what we consider spiritual or religious uh, principles, uh, covenants, tenets, etc. So, Sherry, before the break, we were talking a little bit about just generally speaking, uh, the three different religious uh, uh, books, uh, the New Testament, the Koran, and the Torah, uh, the Torah, rather, and um, monotheism versus polytheistic uh, ways of looking at uh, religion. And now we, we want to take a turn towards people, uh, like you were saying, even atheists or agnostics uh, believe in something, that something's out there, an energy or uh, something greater than ourselves. And, and, and I want you to finish that thought so we can move on into um, dropping a little bit deeper into this conversation. Um, the spirituality, uh, is with the, we are born of spirit and then soul, and we, are in, we have the form of flesh and this on earth. Now, we need to discover our own spirituality to discover that, that that power which is beyond us is within us. It's not you don't look for him outwardly. You have to look for it inside. And God is not some science project that you have to um, discover it or solve it. You have you cannot. You have to only experience God. And the only way to experience him to empty your yourself from ego, put aside all of the outward the problems, distractions, and get in touch with your inner self and the God within you because He is there to answer you. You experience God when you become really serene and you have a serene soul. You experience God, and when you experience God, you know you, it is a, an energy that you would feel. It's something you feel. It's not something you see. It's not something you can imagine the shape or form, but it's an energy that you feel inside you. You feel when your prayers are accepted. You know, if you have faith, you know that if you pray, a personal prayer is the most important thing, God, talking to God, verbalizing it. You don't have to do it like Jewish people pray on Saturday, Muslims pray on Friday, Christians pray on Sunday. This is not a weekend, God. You can always pray. You don't have to do it certain way. If that makes you feel better to go to synagogue, that's fine. If that makes you feel better to... Um, um, do it five times a day, that's fine. But I have realized that so many people if in synagogues, in, in, in churches, and even Muslims, when they're doing their prayers, their brain is somewhere else. They're not even concentrating. You, if you sit down and meditate and get in touch with that which is inside you, which is the God inside you, and is inside every one of us, we discover that you really realize that you don't have to, it doesn't make any difference if you eat pork, if you answer your telephone call on Saturday, don't ride the car on Saturday, if that makes you feel better and makes you have a better self-confidence because you feel more 
righteous, that's fine, but it's necessarily not sinful to do anything. The only thing Muhammad says in, in Quran that if you don't commit the big sins, I will forgive you the small sins. But therefore, when they say that Christian, for instance, Christianity, Jesus never said homosexuality is not redeemable. Apostles say that. Muhammad said actually it's a small sin and it is redeemable. Moses never talked about it. Um, Jesus never said Jews are going to come and get me. He said sinners are going to come and kill me. When they wanted to flourish Christianity as if this was a different religion than than um, monotheism and believing in one God and different than Moses, than Moses' religion, they said Jews are going to come. Why? Because then that makes Christian Christianity a different religion. Christianity didn't exist. None of these three prophets have ever negated. When Moses was a prophet, didn't you know? If anything, he warned us about future prophets. Jesus believed in Moses, and Muhammad believed in both of them. So there should be no difference of opinion between people who are following or calling or claiming that they are religious leaders, especially in Islam, or sometimes in Christianity before Constantine came and really made the Christian a um, formal religion and embraced it. So, so Sherry, what do you think then is the definition of religion that really would serve us? Religion is what the definition of religion is to have social justice and social order. Unfortunately, now we realize, and today's date, today, religion is separating people. We have, if we realize that God unites people, and religion, by the the way it's been interpreted these days, is separating people, nations. Right. It's the same message in three different persons. Okay, so, so just to reiterate what you had said earlier, first of all, none of the prophets actually wrote anything that we know of. This is hearsay, and over thousands of years. And many of the people that did hear things, uh, Moses and the other apostles and, and so forth, and the people that... Um, uh, tried to follow Muhammad and write down what he said. Um, I'm sure they had their, um, they were well-intentioned, um, but what happens is, is this, the, these uh, words that turn into a book become the Bible, as we call it in many religions, uh, the, the uh, book, the, the, the laws that um, rule humanity. And what you're saying is, is that we need to take a different vantage point here, that these are guidelines that are distorted and misinterpreted right so what are what are some of the things that we can say to that in terms of uh, the one thing that comes to mind for me is sometimes we take things that are meant to be metaphor uh literally let's talk about that this is a really big problem isn't it yes and i think most of this was done because of the politics because politics has been always destructive to God. There is only, I think there is God, there is good and evil. Evil is something that we can't ignore and or ignore the fact that he exists. He does exist 
but he but he doesn't have as much power as God does. So what we need to do instead of jumping around and listening to other people, even in synagogues and temp in synagogues and churches, I have been to mosques, synagogues and churches. None of these pol- um, religious leaders have really good knowledge. Most of them don't have the knowledge, especially in Islam. They don't have the knowledge of what, very simple knowledge of what these three um, scriptures say would make us realize that they're all really the same. They give us the same message, and all the messages are summarized in seven commandments. Which we're going to talk about when we get back right here on Marian Live. Uh, don't touch that dial. The Seven Commandments for Happiness and Prosperity. We're going to tell them what you are when we get back right here on Marion Live with Sherry Brown. Back in just a minute. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Sherry Brown is with us. We're talking about her new book, The Seven Commandments for Happiness and Prosperity. We're going to get to the happiness and prosperity parts here uh, and the seven commandments in just a second. Uh, we, Before the break, we're talking about the ways that we interpret these uh, very famous books for some people and a way of life for others, the Koran, the Bible, and the Torah, Okay, the Word of God. Now, Sherry, during the break, you and I were talking about that these books were written so long ago. Uh, How can we possibly interpret uh, the meaning of the the word of God uh, in modern times, A? And then let's talk about what the the word is, according to you. Basic uh, basic knowledge of the three scriptures would show any intelligent person that all of these books were written if if Quran was written for um, at that time for Arabs, um, God told Muhammad that Arabs are violent people. You have to go and bring Islam to them and tell them that what the right way is. What happened right after um, he died, people that he came to correct, Bani Omayim, another clan other than he was Hashemite, they hijacked the um, Quran because the followers of Quran was, were so numerous that Bani, and, Bani, and Abu Bakr, which now the head of ISIS calls himself Abu Bakr, Abu Bakr brought Khalifat 
he started, he brought, he wrote Shariat laws, called it Muhammad writings, which conflicts with whatever Quran says, and it was hijacked Islam. Basically, all the three religions have the same, they bring a similar, very similar message, but everything else in all these books are for different places, different times. The, the laws that Moses said about that they have to implement in Sinai Desert, some of them don't apply in today's world and life. What Moses said for, uh, what Muhammad said for Arabs, they don't apply for today's American and Western world. But what we have to realize that at the core of all of this is the commandments, the seven commandments, which never changes. The rest is just branches of the trees and change. If you want to just go to the trunk of the tree, you have to realize that it's only the seven commandments and all God wants from us is to all the prayers, different type of prayers, different religions. We don't have to. Just do it yourself. See what God says. You have to pray, that, continuously be in prayer mode, verbalize your prayers, um, atone and ask for repentance for your sin and just have a righteous life and respect other people's religion. Okay, well let's talk about the seven commandments that you've drilled down for us. Um, we can read through them if you like, Sherry, unless you know them by heart and you go ahead and tell, tell us what they are. Well, the first one is believing the one God, have total obedience to supreme power. Pray to him every day. Know, we have to know and have believe without asking to get any, to have to call any proof. We have to believe that he is the creator of sin and the unseen. That's the first law. Okay. The second one is word of evil. That's one of Muhammad's word of evil. Anywhere you see animosity, jealousy, anger, in anything negative, even disease, that shows the existence of evil. You need to pray to God to get evil out of your life and your loved ones. Warding of evil is one of the most important things. So, for instance, sorcery was very common during Moses. Muhammad came and made it prohibited because he said that is um, satanic. So, word of evil. If somebody comes and attacks you verbally or however for no reason, don't catch, treat him as somebody with a cold, cold virus. Get away from it. Okay, and, this, and I'm going to stop right here and say that, you know, based on the dualistic way that we have um, the last, you know, 5,000 years or, or since the Enlightenment, let's be fair, uh, look at reality, uh, we can say that women's bodies were considered evil. Uh, that lust was considered evil. Have we um, changed what we consider evil today based on the writings? This, these we are important points. Changed. I think they changed it because I have never, I didn't read in, in any of these publications of Quran, I never saw that anywhere that said you have women have to cover their hair. Okay. This is all man-made. They all made it up covering women, covering their head. The only thing Quran says, women have to cover their bosom and their private parts. 
in Bible says women should be dressed modestly. Mm-hmm. So this covering their face and covering their hair, this is something that we made up. We didn't change. We, we changed it from the beginning. We changed it. We didn't understand. We didn't want to understand or we wanted to create something that did not exist. Okay, so what would your definition of evil be for us then, Sherry? Women are not evil. Evil is, is a disease, negativity, animosity, jealousy, anger, um, all of anything that's negative is evil. Okay, got it. All right, let's move on to three. Believe in hereafter and know that because of the energy of the universe, at the end everything has to balance out. So there is no way that you can... Because this world is temporary, there is no way you can get away with things. If you do bad, if you make people miserable for no reason, if you steal from them, do injustice, you're going to pay for it. If you do good, you're going to be rewarded. Okay. And four is don't steal somebody else's money. is not yours. The spouse that doesn't belong to you. When you steal... It's like you de- you decide for God. You say, okay, I have $5, he has $50, let me steal his, because you're deciding that you deserve what God has done to you. You have to become, as Moham, Jesus, I'm sorry, Jesus said contentment is very important. If you're content with what you have, and you thank God for what you have, instead of comparing yourself with somebody that has more than you, be content, you will eventually get what you want in your heart, deep in your heart. Yes, and I think that there's a spectrum here that many people struggle with, particularly when we move out into uh, capitalism and the economy and the things that we do that we aren't aware of that harm other people, stealing land, stealing opportunities, stealing, you know. So I think intention is important here. I think we could really drill down on this conversation. This isn't just a one-on-one scenario, don't steal my wife or my watch, right? It's This is something that's about a mentality. It's about a we mentality. Um, it's entitlement. I've never seen... Any, any. I've never seen more people entitled to something they haven't worked for more than now. This entitlement is what is wrong. We have to be happy with what we have and pray to God. Verbalize your prayers. Ask for what you have, what you want from Him. Yes. But don't ask for things. If the worst way of wanting to become when you desire too much and you seem to become rich. That's all right, everybody. Hold that thought. Sit on those desires right now. We're going to be back with the other commandments when we get back right after these messages with Sherry Brown, Run Marian Light. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com 
now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camarado is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about core certification, certificate of responsible relationships, www.marianlife.com, core certification, learning tools to attract, build, and sustain great relationships. Also sign up for Marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the Northern California area, www.marianlive.com. What does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. HealthyLife.net, the positive radio network. And here we are with Sherry Brown. We're talking about our book, The Seven Commandments for Happiness and Prosperity. Sherry, we're, we're, the last three commandments, what are they? Um, be a charitable giver. Giving is not necessarily only money. Giving is taking care of a sick person, going um, inconveniencing yourself. You can give with your time. When you have a great, great grandfather in the hospital that you never have time to see, inconvenience yourself, go and see him. Giving is wiping somebody's tears. Um, giving your time, inconvenience yourself to help somebody or putting a smile on somebody's face. Mother Teresa gave her life with her time and her life. Warren Buffett gave her his money. You don't have money, you just give it your time. You do volunteer work. You read for sick. All of these are part of giving. It's not only money, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. The sixth one is honor your parents. It's really not up to us judge our parents if they're worthy of honor or not. It's our duty to God. It's asking us all, actually in all of the scriptures to honor our parents. This is another one that um, was redundant. Honoring parents, honoring your, uh, your parents, I'm, I'm looking in the retrospect. I really, really, I've never seen anyone that has been has had a good relationship with their father or their mother and are not successful and vice versa. Somehow, it's your duty to God to honor them. If you think they're not worthy of honor, that's not your problem. You have to honor them. I have heard people that say things like, well, I can't honor my father because when I was a child, he molested me. Now, people, when... When things like that, calamities like that happen in the families, what happens, these kids go and want to dishonor their father by becoming prostitutes or something to embarrass or shame 
them, uh, their father, but they shame themselves. To revenge, you have to become successful, so he'll be honored to have you as a daughter. Doesn't matter if you don't want to socialize with him, but yeah, you have to make sure that he's, he, you honor him. You make him proud of yourself. Okay, and the last commandment? The last commandment is um, pray continuously. I said that before. Praying is very important. You don't have to, if you do want to set a time every day or one day every week, that's fine. But if you don't do it, don't feel bad and don't lose your self-confidence and say that I have committed sins. No, you can pray all the time. The main purpose of all these um, commandments of and God's message is for us to pray to him, thank him for what he has given us, Ask for something we don't have. If you have one car that does the purpose, you can't ask for another car. You just have to thank him for that one car. Then you will get the second car um, if that's what you, you desire. But pray to him and thank him and be appreciative of what you have. Thank you for that, Sherry. Uh, by the way, if you want to get a copy of Sherry's book, you all you have to do is go to her website or wherever fine books are sold. You can go to sevencommandments.com for more information. And on the note of honoring the parents, the other thing that I would throw in there, Sherry, is you know we're honoring the, the soul, the spirit, the bigger part of who these human beings are. We don't have to honor someone's behavior, but we need to honor them. I feel like that was an important distinction. But as we come up to the top of the hour here, um, one of the biggest conversations many of us are ever going to have, rarely are we going to do it in public unless it becomes political or, as we have seen, um, the extremists that really give religion a bad name. Um, it's a very private endeavor, uh, the spirituality of it, but the religious part of it is, is a very uh, an open conversation. We, we gather communally, et cetera. One thing I'd like to, to talk about here as we end is why do we need to call God God, or why is God a he? Sherry, we talked about this during the break. Will you address this for us, please? Well, God is not a he or a she or it. God is a being. Now you can call it whatever you want, but usually for if, all, through all the years and history, they usually cause somebody or something that has more power, they think. This is all the perception and these are all titles. It means nothing. You can call God anything you want in your heart. God has 99 names in the mosque in Abu Dhabi. And there is many names. You can call it energy. You can call it a being. They they call him a he for lack of uh, lack of better words. Mm, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he has a gender. God has no gender. He's just an energy, a being, which is within every one of us. And he wants every one of us to be happy. And he is open. If you open your heart to him, he'll walk right through you. And you will feel it and you will experience it. Well, like you, Sherry, I can say that has been the case for me. Um, my uh, spirituality is probably the most important part of my life, and everything else comes from there, stems from there, uh, as with yourself, as you shared earlier on in the program. Um, and yet, everybody has their own unique experience and relationship with the divine. So. Uh, that said, uh, what do you want to leave us with, Sherry, as we come to the top of the hour right now? 
I would say that if we meditate from as whenever, however, wherever we are, and get rid of our, put our ego aside, empty our brain and heart from ego and jealousy and anger and trying to be somebody else. Forget about other people at all. Forget about just get in touch with the God inside you and the Spirit of God inside you. And from the bottom of your heart, ask Him, talk to Him, tell Him what you want. Repent for whatever you think you have done wrong. It's all in black and white, and it's all in this commandment, the 19 commandments that I have consolidated to seven. You follow these commandments, and I, and if, if you have a goal, this is what I want to leave you with. If you, have, if you make a goal, and you follow the seven commandments consciously, meaning if you have to notice when you make a mistake and repent, I would say over two months, in 66 days exactly, and I would tell you that in another book that I'm writing about neurology, you will definitely see the difference. I promise that. I guarantee that. Say, for instance, if, if you want to get a job, your job is not sit down and... You just have to make it your job to look for a job for eight, hour, eight hours a day, do the commandments, and in 60 and after two months, you will get a job. At that, I guarantee. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Sherry, for joining us on the program today. We wish you every blessing. Your passion is clear and heartfelt. Uh, the best of luck on the rest of your book tour. And please come join us when you've written your next book. I'd love to. Thank you very Gorgeous. Much. Beautiful. All right, everybody, sit tight. More when we get back on our wrap, uh, sevencommandments.com for more information on Sherry Brown's new book for you. Okay, everybody, blessings. Everybody, I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado, and I'm David Raynal. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships, and how self inquiry can help. I mean, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single, and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Light and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. HealthyLife.net, where positive overcomes negative. Thanks for joining us today, everybody. I know religion is a big conversation, uh, one that we're not going to solve uh, some of our grievances, our um, concerns, uh, the distress we often feel, uh, or consternation around our um, differences 
when it comes to religion. This will leave some of that to the scholars, like Sherry Brown, who uh, has written The Seven Commandments for Happiness and Prosperity and shared her experience and knowledge with us this past hour. In the meantime, great advice. Uh, there, There's always going to be, in my opinion, a better life to be had when we believe in a power greater than ourselves. And I'll leave it at that. However you find it deep in that or explore that for yourself is, is again, very personal. Uh, in the meantime, let's just spread the love. Uh, keep praying for guidance. Uh, that's one of my seven essential truths. Uh, checking and listening and following that guidance so we can make uh, this world a better place for each other. In the meantime, go do something for somebody else. Don't let them know you did it. That'll be the third part of your practice right here on Marian Live. And go to our website. We've got some classes and and beautiful offerings there at MarianLive.com for you. Uh, stay in touch with us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we love hearing from you. And next week, join us when Jean Shinoda Bolin is going to be talking with us about Artemis, the indomitable spirit in every woman right here on Marian Live. See you next time, everybody. Take good care until then.